Welcome to the Seen and Not Heard podcast, where you get to chime in with Mel Rose and her guests on hot topics ranging from life, philosophy, politics, alternative industries, and much more. I hope you're ready. The show starts in three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Seen and Not Heard podcast. I'm Melrose, your resident webcam girl and podcast show host. And if you're tuning in for the first time today, I highly recommend listening to episode one of this season before playing this one. I cannot begin to express the overwhelming support that this podcast has had since publishing the first episode. I have received text messages and calls from family and friends telling me how brave I am and how excited they are for episode two. Then there's like tweets and social media attention from complete strangers online encouraging me to keep telling my story and saying how inspired I've made them. I can't believe you guys sat through 28 minutes of me blabbing about my life, but I am so humbled and so grateful that you thought I was worth sharing your time with. It is time that I know you'll never get back and I assure you, I do not take that lightly. So truly, from the very bottom of my heart, I thank you. Before I get into how my aunt found out about me webcamming, I need to set the stage for the day that it happened. You see, there are good days on webcam and then there are bad days, and it's somewhat luck of the draw which you get more of. The day that my aunt texted me one word that rocked my world, that was not a good day. In fact, there had been a landslide of bad days leading up to that text message. And although bad days aren't completely avoidable in this industry, we're not completely helpless either. One thing that helps ensure that you have more good days than bad is to log on consistently no matter what. And that also happens to be the absolute single hardest part. And that sounds silly, right? We already work from home, doing whatever we want, logging on whenever we want, so why wouldn't we log in every day consistently? I mean, how much easier can our lives get? The truth is, the concept of being cute and logging online for tips is simple but being consistent at it isn't. When I log online, it has to be in a certain frame of mind because the users behind the screens watching me, they showed up for the fantasy. They want smiles and giggle and carefree girlfriend experience. And that's the stuff that they're not getting in their daily life or their real relationships. And newsflash, that's because real life isn't a fantasy. My everyday life isn't a fantasy. And having this pressure to do something so unrealistic can be overwhelming. Do you want to log on and smile and pretend to be happy when you just found out your close childhood friend was in a head-on car collision, thrown 100 feet through his windshield? No, you don't. Do you want to log on when you found out that your one-year-plus boyfriend who has terminal brain cancer is cheating on you when you just dropped two grand to break your lease and move in together a week ago? No, you don't. Do you want to log on when your grandmother, who is bipolar, is having a manic episode and just happens to call you a prostitute, even though she knows nothing about your career, and it triggers a complete mental breakdown because you have this extreme fear that that disease is patiently waiting inside you? No, you're not going to want to log on. So sometimes life happens, and you can't fake it. 
You can't always brush things off and be consistent. It's easy at first when things are going well, but what about when you spend eight hours online and you only make $2? Those days happen. Those days happen a lot, actually. I can tell you from experience, enough $2 days will ruin your consistency. Any cold, flu, or injury will ruin your consistency. But then, there's the days when you are consistent. You know, 14 days in a row, six hours online a night, just to have a bunch of trolls come into your chat room and call you fat, or ugly, or pathetic. Strangers who come in with the sole intention to make sure they hurt you. They'll tell you to get a real job. They'll tell you you're worthless. Some will even tell you that this world would be better without you in it. Would you be consistent then? I doubt it. But wait, you could always just ban them from chat, right? Well, yeah, you can ban them from chat. You can try to rein in the chaos with the click of a mouse. And believe me, I do. We all do. But then they'll tip you. And no, not the, oh, yay, money kind of tip that you're thinking about. No, no, no. They'll tip you one single token, a single nickel, just to insult you in the tip note. Because even if you ban a user, the tip note still displays publicly for every other person in the chat room to see. Would you stay consistent then? Even when a stranger logs in day after day throwing nickels at you? Because that's how much they value your pain? The basement bottom price of five cents an insult. To put how bad online trolling and bullying is into perspective, I once had a stranger dox me and publish my full legal name and address in a tip note for six days straight online. And I could only say six days because I was only consistent for six days until he broke me. And I think it's important to admit that strangers can break you because if you pretend that they can't, then they'll take it as a personal challenge until they find a way. I have been broken many times, but I always find a way to log back on, hoping that next time will be better. And sometimes, sometimes it even is. I truly believe consistency is one of the main ingredients for a successful webcam career. In fact, I believe consistency is the main ingredient for every successful career. After all, 90% of success is just the persistence to keep showing up. So aside from consistency, what do you need to be other than that? Well, you need to be insanely creative. You need to have a hell of a personality because it's not as easy as you think to carry on conversations with strangers you've never met who half the time don't even reply in chat to what you're saying. It's basically a six hour monologue that you weren't provided and didn't memorize. Your own kind of personal sales pitch disguised as improv. That is what webcam is like. And you all, you have to do it all while being cute and likable and attractive and funny and playful and happy and real. What even is real? If webcam is providing a fantasy, then how can you really be yourself? Can you really be yourself? This is a really tough subject because it's the hardest line we walk. Despite this podcast and my vlogs, I'm pretty private as a person. At least I was before I decided to give this the most honest, vulnerable part of myself. 
But again, I'm not the type to post to Facebook when me and my husband bicker and I don't talk openly on Twitter about my aunt being sick. I don't tell more than three or four close friends the raw, uncensored details of what haunts me day in and day out. So how exactly do you log on and be personable to people when you can't be yourself? When you aren't allowed room to be sad or affected or human? When you're not allowed to complain about a bad day without being labeled entitled or in search of pity tips? I'm not sure how other girls walk this line of being real and being the fantasy, but the way I've done it is to tell most and preserve some. Most of what I talk about, the people I reference or the stories I tell, are all completely true. And I've learned over the years that it'll never benefit me to discuss my romantic relationships, obvious, I know. But it also never benefits me to share sadness or pain or frustration with my users. They aren't there for that. To hear it, I should say. They are certainly there to have it heard. Most of my members log on specifically to tell me about their problems. They tell me about the fight that they're having with their wife. They'll discuss at length the job they were just laid off from. They'll tell me that they're scared for a surgery they have to undergo or how afraid they are for their sibling and his cancer diagnosis. I am not allowed the space to be human, feel emotions I'm experiencing or show weakness, yet every day I slowly get robbed of my energy as an underpaid and underqualified therapist to people who only see me as a sex object with little value to provide outside my appearance. They use me. They use me as a sounding board, as a friend, as an advisor, all for free, most of them, most of the time. This business will take from you. It will take from you often and regularly and without regard for what you do or don't have left to give. Because most of them don't care what you're thinking or what your opinion is. They only care that they're heard when they feel like talking. Because, honestly, that's what most of these guys who wander into chat rooms are actually missing. They just feel like no one is listening to them. And although they won't be seeking me out for advice on politics or the environment or any major crisis overseas, they'll expect me to be there for them whenever they decide that they need me. And in all honesty, the best of us models always are. We give away our emotional integrity so that members leave satisfied and hopefully, maybe, return to tip. Most members don't, but a few will. And those few will become regulars in your chat room, friends even. But remember, these friends don't want to hear your problems. It's easy to forget that once you label them this way because you can't be 100% transparent with them. These friends come with conditions, like the condition you're presumed single, for instance. I can't say that I haven't made very true, very real, and very lasting friendships online. I have. It is possible. But it is rare. I have been at this over seven years, and I have at best maybe five really close friends from webcam online. These friends have been involved in my real life for at least five years or more. They know about my husband and my troubles or triumphs, and they genuinely try to help me out whenever in life that they're able. They support me with a lot more than tips and tokens. But think about that. That ratio of five friends in seven years should say it all. That's mathematically a 0.001 chance a day that you're talking to a real friend online. That's a one in 1,000th occurrence. 
Don't get me wrong, I'm speaking from the majority of experiences I've personally had. There are exceptions as with everything. Some regulars do know more about my life because they've seeked out to. They've joined my Patreon, they've watched my vlogs, they've taken a genuine interest in me outside of webcam. These people I cherish because it's so refreshing to know that, that these people appreciate me in my truest form as myself. But those people are the minority at this stage in my life. So to my point, meeting and making friends with people you meet online camming is possible. It's just next to impossible. And even if you think you're making friends, how do you even know the difference? The friends you can trust from the others that you can't and probably shouldn't. Well, you'll learn, usually the hard way. Someone I thought was my friend online turned out not to be. I've had this happen a few times, but the story I'm going to tell you about was the worst. Simply because he knew too much. He knew my real name. He knew my personal address, all of which this information had not been volunteered by me, but somehow he came to know it accidentally, and I thought I could trust him with it. I mean, I'd known him four years, and he had been my biggest and most frequent tipper. I had no reason not to trust him at that point. He even knew extremely personal details that I had volunteered. I had shared things about my eating disorder, for instance, that I had struggled with after high school. And before I knew it, this friend had turned on me. Why, you wonder? Well, he found out I was dating somebody. Now, let me pause and interject here something. I have never, ever, and will never give anyone online the impression that I am there to date them. I have always crushed that dream from day one right out the gate. My go-to statement was always, I'm here to have fun and make a living and if you're looking for a relationship, I suggest you try somewhere else. I don't know how much clearer I could have made that and I don't know how many more times I could have said it. I have always had this golden rule not to lead people on because the heart and mind of an individual is fragile and it is not meant to be west with. I don't want to be responsible for anyone's heartbreak, not online for work, nor in my actual romantic life. And I know how silly this may sound to some of you that I actually have to say this, but I do. Many webcam models on my website alone, they make their money specifically by giving hope to naive men who stumble into their chat rooms. They tell them that they need money to break their lease so they can move in together. They'll tell them that insert name here is sick and they need money fast to help them. The stories are endless, but men with good hearts and good intentions and usually shallow wallets can't help wanting to be a hero to a damsel in distress online. But those men get their heart broken eventually. Some of them are hurt so badly that they go on to hating women in general and become the trolls that torture us, or worse. They actually seek out a model and try to hurt her in real life. They'll, they'll send photos of her naked online to her day job or to a guy that she had just started dating. Stories are endless again, but I'll sprinkle those into more episodes down the road. The thing is, I need you to know I never let anyone on. I may never state directly I'm in a relationship online, but I should also state that I do directly say I'm not interested in pursuing anyone in a serious 
romantic relationship. So when this guy, we'll call him Matt, found out that I was dating someone seriously, he lost his shit. Like, he really lost it. First, he changed his username. He changed it to my boyfriend's full legal name. And then he came into my chat room, day after day, and said nothing. Till one day I messaged him and tried to figure out what the fuck was going on, and he changed his name again, to something else. When a user changes his name and he's not on your friends list, then you have no way of contacting him directly unless you know the new name, which I didn't. So instead, he would watch me in chat on and off for the next five years, quietly inserting anonymous tip notes telling me I should go throw up, I was looking fat, or tip me with a note that listed the full name and address of the real estate brokerage I'd been working at. The harassment still persists till this day. I, I was married last May, and I got an anonymous tip note the first day back online after the wedding, and it said, congrats on the wedding. Good luck with it lasting. We both know that it won't. I just tell myself how sad of an existence he must be living to still be focusing on mine. So the day that I got that one word text from my aunt was already a really, really bad day. There hadn't been a real reason not to tell her about webcam, other than there also really hadn't been a reason to tell her either. My aunt is a really laid back, understanding, and not in any way judgmental. But she happened to be living out of state at the time, so we weren't exactly chatting on a regular basis or keeping each other caught up on our day-to-day lives. She also holds me in a really high regard, and I guess part of me just didn't want to disappoint her. My whole family saw me as this overachiever, and they all knew about my early modeling and thought that I could go on to model professionally in some big way. So I guess I always labeled webcam as a type of cop-out. It sort of felt like I gave up on the big goal for fast cash. And maybe that's because I never saw myself having that level of potential. I mean, I'd done a good amount of legitimate modeling, but I was always really distracted. I mean, I haven't ever applied myself entirely towards building a career like that. And then when I found this career, I was kind of able to reap all the same monetary benefits and D-list fame, if you will, that I would have had had I ever truly pursued that career. The days leading up to this text, they were awful. The months were awful, actually. I was now 21 and I had just bought my first house. And the first month after moving into that house happened to be my last good month. I had made $30,000 online and I thought I was invincible. But the following months would prove otherwise. I got sidetracked by trying to fix a broken, toxic relationship with someone who hated that I webcammed, but also allowed me to be 100% responsible for our financial situation. I was overextended on all of my credit cards because I had habitually maxed them out and just paid them off in full every month. And suddenly, they were maxed and I could only make the minimum payment. I had now only been able to make minimum payments on the mortgage instead of the double payments that I had been making up to that point. The money had dried up because my relationship needed my constant and undivided attention. 
kind of the way relationships that are falling apart usually do. Even when I did try to take time away from my significant other to focus on work, there was no one left online who even recognized me. The thing is, cyberspace moves at a mile a second. Taking one or two days off of webcam is comparable to taking one or two weeks off in real life. That's how quickly people move on. That's how quickly another model makes an impression on them more strongly than the last impression you left on them was. And that's when regulars leave you and you literally have no one. I had gone from easily maintaining 100 plus people in my chat room when I was fully clothed and doing absolutely nothing to having maybe 10 users under the exact same circumstances. And I'd like to sit here and tell you that it has gotten so much better since then, but it hasn't. It has never 100% fully recovered. Till this day, I'm still trying to build a much larger, much stronger community of people to hang out with in my chat room. And it's not Max's fault, it's my fault. I volunteered him that much time and energy in my life. But those choices, they haunted me long after the last of his things were packed. When I finally got the courage to open the mail and face the bills that had been piling up, I came to the insane realization that my 21-year-old self had just over $5,500 in minimum monthly expenses. Even though I had gone from earning $15,000 to $30,000 a month, right now I was barely clearing $1,000 in every bi-weekly paycheck. I had no idea what I was going to do or how I was gonna come out of this at this point. So aside from the mounting debt, being terrorized online, and the end of a toxic relationship, things were still about to get worse. The day that my aunt would end up texting me, a really, really close childhood friend of mine had just gotten into a really bad car accident. He had been driving on a road that I'd driven plenty of times in our town when a young girl who was text messaging jumped the median, hitting him head on while they were both traveling 50 miles an hour. My friend had been thrown nearly 100 feet from his car, shattering multiple bones in his body and nearly losing his life. I was just frantically trying to get a hold of friends who knew more about what was going on and tracked down the hospital he was at when I got my aunt's one word text. And that's when it happened. I saw my aunt's name light up across my iPhone screen and I felt my stomach turn. I'm close with most of my family, but even for our relationship, it was odd to get a text from her out of the blue like that. When I opened it up, it only said one word, chastity, question mark. And then I knew that she knew. I wrote her back saying, how did you find out? And she began to explain what happens to be the ultimate demonstration of six degrees of separation. But I'll let her tell you herself. So I was actually, um, I was traveling to New York for business and I was uh, waiting for a friend actually to get off work. So I was at this bar called the Stanton Social, which is in the Lower East Side of New York City. And I'm sitting there at the bar and I look over and I see one of my colleagues from Washington, D.C. 
with a female friend of his. I'm not sure if it was his girlfriend or I didn't ask a lot of questions. So Mm -hmm. uh, we just started, they pulled over a bar stool and we started chatting and uh, obviously we were talking about work being colleagues and um, we started talking to his female friend and I just asked her simply what she did and in almost a way to shock me, she was like, "Uh, I do webcam work. And I'm like, oh, okay, no big deal. Like, I don't really care what people do um, to make money. And uh, we just continued talking about random things. And then she had mentioned that she used to do some sort of fitness or bikini modeling at Mm -hmm. one point. I'm like, oh, actually, my niece actually does a lot of that. So I pulled up your photos on, I think you had recently done, like, one of the Hawaiian tropics or one of those... Um, shows mm-hmm. so I pulled it up you know because I was super proud of you and uh she's like she just started laughing and she's like that's Cap- Cabernet Merlot or what's her what's your name Chast- it was Chastity Merlot yeah that's Chastity right. Merlot and I'm like no 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 her name's her name's Melissa she's <laughs> like oh no it's not and then she pulled up your your photo and she's like she's one of the the site's top earners yeah, the golden days. <laughs> the golden days. <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> and uh, no, I was just like, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, she doesn't do that. Because I thought, you know, if, if you were doing anything, tell me. Yeah. Because um, you've always been pretty open and honest with me, being your favorite aunt and all. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that's when I text you, and I was just like, I know. And you're yeah. like, know what? And I'm like, Chastity Merlot. And you're like, oh my God, Auntie, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I was very caught off guard by that. And it was like, that at that time, it had been like a series of bad days leading up to that moment. And then I saw that text and you, you know that feeling you get when you don't know how something's going to play out, but you get like that black feeling in your stomach where your stomach just sinks. It was like one of those, I'm like, oh God, now this, like, oh God. <laughs> I was just doing a word of mess with you. Like, no, oh I knew God. that in retrospect, <laughs> but at the moment I was like, oh God, not this too. <laughs> Yeah, it was just a random, random way that I found out because yeah. I mean, I was in—it wasn't even the city that I lived in. You you don't live anywhere near there. No, yeah. It's just a small world. Six degrees of separation did me in. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's crazy. If someone in New York knew about me before my aunt did, then who else knows? I started to walk around in my daily life with a sneaking suspicion that everyone I had encountered or spoke to had already seen me naked. I'm not sure if that made things easier or harder for me. Hell, my 10-year high school reunion is this September, so I guess we'll all find out. After all, the odds of her finding out the way she did had to be next to none. She was halfway across the country in a place that I had never even been to at the time talking to people that I had never met. Who else may know me? Maybe your cousin happens to be my best friend. Or maybe my grandmother shops at your Amish grocery store. Maybe your current boyfriend is one of my exes. Or maybe we went to school together and you're still just not 100% sure that I'm the same redhead that you're remembering. One thing I'll say is that you're starting to get to know me as good as anyone as good as my mom and my best friend and my husband. You're starting to get to know me as well as I know myself. The truth is this world is much, much smaller than we all think it is. 
we're also much, much more connected than we all realize. Yes, by social media as well, but that's, that's not what I mean here. I mean we're connected by our humanity. We experience the same shit. Yes, we experience things in different ways or different scenarios or under different circumstances, but we can all relate to each other if we just stop staring solely at our differences. When people find out what I do for a living, something Americans in particular place extreme value on because our career here is the foundation to our identities in this country, they instantly label me slut, webcam model, or my personal favorite, porn star, generous, really. They put me in this box that they would never touch. A girl who made a life choice that they can't relate to. But after hearing me here for second week in a row, maybe, maybe you are starting to relate to me. Because we've all been bullied. We've all been torn down. We've all been in bad relationships and we've all nearly lost someone or have lost someone in life. We're all having human experiences and we should all keep that in mind when we interact with each other. I've made a very conscious effort to place my own self-worth in the character I have and the kindness I show people. I have unlearned that your job and your title gives us as individuals zero significance. Just like any title you try to attribute to me will remain meaningless in my eyes. The fact is, we're only on this planet for such a short, small, insignificant time. And it's our duty to make the most of it. So why is it that myself and women like me are punished for choosing this path instead of yours, when yours looks absolutely dreadful? You trade your time for money and you lose sight of the fact that the truth is time is all you actually have. I made the decision at 20 years old to make money how and when and in a way that I wanted to. In a way that hurts no one and frees me up to live a life no one else my age is able to live. My husband and I, we both own businesses and work from home. So our marriage never suffers from lack of time together or late nights at the office. My pets, my fur babies, they live full lives because I'm around the house to play with them or walk them in the middle of the day. My family, they can count on me to run important errands or attend appointments that they weren't able to get off work for. I've made myself available to life, but it's at the cost of being accepted by people like you. And I think I'm at a place where I'm okay with that. I mean. How could I put so much of myself out there on this podcast if I weren't? So I'd like to leave you this week with a challenge of sorts. I challenge you to go through the next seven days seeing everyone you encounter as a complete equal to yourself. I challenge you to actively fight your bias when you see that asshole driving that Mercedes or that lazy homeless guy begging outside Walmart. I challenge you to drop the notions you've been told are acceptable societal standards and live the next seven days of your life as the most honest, most kind, most human person you can be. Could you do it? Would you even be willing to? I guess we'll find out. 
I'm Melrose, and this has been episode two of the Seen and Not Heard podcast. Huge thank you this week for the support of Pride. Pride is one of my largest and most inconsistent online webcam dippers, but he's also one of the truest friends I've made through my career online. You've been around for well over six years, and you've watched my career unfold, providing endless business advice, laughs, and a community when you're in my chat room. So thank you for playing this role in my life, and I really hope you continue to do so. Next week on the Seen and Not Heard podcast. It was our very first date, and I always go into dating and relationships just like as open and honest as I possibly can. But before I even had the opportunity to, my date pulled out his cell phone and had Googled my stage name, which I had never told him, and decided to play a recording of myself online for me. So I guess he had already known. And I began thinking, so what is this date even about? Is this just him thinking I'm an easy lay? Or him thinking he could sleep with a quote-unquote porn star so that he had a new trophy to talk about later on at the bar with his friends? 